It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. This is Smart Money Questions. Walter Storholt here with you alongside Matt Hausman. He's the founder of Old Security Group with an office in Westchester, Pennsylvania and Newark, Delaware serving clients all across the country, however. You can find us online at smartmoneyquestions.com, listen to past podcasts, and, of course, listen to all the new ones that get posted there as well, blog posts and other features also, smartmoneyquestions.com. That's also where you can submit questions to be featured on a future show. And we've picked out two good ones to cover this week, Matt, coming to us from Fred in Pennsylvania, and then we'll hop down to Maryland to get a question from Tim. But first up is Fred, and he's got a good one for you. And I'm sure this is a question you get a lot in the office. He says, I'm retiring in two years, but I'll probably live another 30. So it seems like I shouldn't be invested very conservatively if I have three more decades of investing ahead of me. Am I approaching this the right way? What do you think? I think that's a great question. First of all, just to be looking in recognizing longevity, because it's here and it's not going away. So the next question I would come back with is, okay, but how much of your money should you have invested for the long term? And that's where, you know, there's other variables that you want to consider. And you guys have heard me talk about this forever, and that is position with purpose. Some of the money absolutely should be invested more in a long-term growth strategy in the event that you don't have a strong income base that would be supported, let's say, by pensions and a healthy Social Security income. So if we have monies that are going to be there and produce income, all of that money shouldn't be there in a long-term growth strategy where we can have potentially big ups and downs of fluctuation because we're going to be pulling out at the same time. So maybe you take just some of the money and you put it over there and literally don't look at it for 10 to 12 years. And that's going to be the money that's going to help you outpace inflation when that time period comes 10 or 12 years from now. And then you're doing that a couple times because we're doing that for three decades. So it's a very good thing to look at just because you're looking to retire in two years. You're not going to just dial everything down and go conservative because you're recognizing that 30 years is a long time to live. I mean, let's think about that. Inflationary factors that are there, potential cost of health care is going to you know, continue to climb at its current rate. And so you definitely want to have some monies that are invested in a more, I don't like to use the word aggressive, but more of a long-term play. Long-term meaning I've got a long time horizon before I'm going to have to really look at dipping into that money. So that's a great question. And I, I think that just looking at that from that standpoint right now and having two years in retirement is a good opportunity to start making the necessary plans now. So when retirement happens, in other words, you wouldn't want to just automatically put the money into a long-term growth strategy right now. I got two years. And then, God forbid, there's a market correction with 90% of your investable assets that you're going to need for income. Now you're really kind of up a creek. So start doing that planning now, but definitely have some of that money for long-term investing. How often are you getting that kind of question? I mean, isn't that eventually the crux of every retiree or pre-retiree's goal is 
okay, I'm at retirement. I've got to make it 30 years. What do I do now? It's just phrased in different ways. Phrased in different ways. You know, but I will say this, that many times it is more of that, okay, I'm, you know, I'm one or two years from retiring or I'm already in retirement and I need to be scaling back more conservatively. And so then I'm usually the one that is talking about the need for at least some of the money in a long-term play because of inflation. And we want to be able to take advantage of what the market can give us over time when it's done correctly. You know, right now the market's going well. And so, you know, everyone's fat and happy. No one's really concerned about it, but we still have to be thinking about that this isn't always going to be there. We don't know when the next correction is going to happen, but we know more than likely it is. You know, I don't care what Trump says. <laughs> he would tell you it's always going to be there if he's there, right? But it, it is going to happen. You just want to have the money's position correctly because 30 years is a long – I'll give you an example on why this is so important. I was on the phone today with a client of mine that has been retired for longer than 30 years. Think about that one. Longer than 30 years? Longer than 30 years. Wow. Sold their business in 1985 and retired. That's awesome. And so, <laughs> yeah, and he's still kicking. I mean, he's like, he's unbelievable, right? Very active, you know, but, but that's reality is that length of time and then investing correctly. And they've, he's done that, you know, and so where they're still able you know, he still talks about like what gas was like. I mean, I actually remember what gas was like in 1986 because that's when I turned 16. <laughs> <laughs> and and I my parents made me pay for my own gas, so I yeah I've seen that that increase. And so recognizing, you know, when you're younger, you know, I'm talking my my youngest. We were talking in the last podcast. You know, she just turned 16. Is it? I remember when I was 16. It's kind of hard to think. Heck, I couldn't even think to age 25. Right. You right. know, I don't know if you remember, I remember being out, you're 16, 17 years old. You just think you got the world, you know, everywhere, you know, you got complete control and you'd be out there and you see kids that graduated high school, like three years before you and they're at a party and you're like, man, what is their problem? They're over the hill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I kind of feel you know? like, I kind of feel like I'm at an interesting perspective because I, I just turned 30 in 2017. I turned 30, so I'm not quite at 31 yet here in 2018, but I'll be there soon. So when we talk about a 30-year retirement, which kind of ends up being the default number, right, when you start talking about retirement, well, you got to live another 30 years in retirement. Well, like that's that really puts it in perspective for you. Like, yet the, the years fly by now, but a lot has happened in 30 years of being on this earth. And Correct. a lot more is going to happen in the next 30 and then the next 30 after that. And so if you're planning to be around for it, I mean – Gosh, you've got to just really make sure that you're well prepared. It's hard to imagine, I guess, Matt, to kind of this hits the the nail on the head for Fred's question. It's really hard to imagine living 30 years without working and not having right. parents, you know, for two thirds of that period of time, you know, paying yeah. paying for your existence. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, and that's really a good point. You know, 30 years without working. And, you know, it goes beyond just investing, maybe some more long-term growth investing, but then also like how you take care of yourself. And, you know, you guys heard us talk back in the in the fall when we, uh, my wife and I were doing Spartan runs. The best in-shape person I saw was a guy who had to be early 60s. And I mean, he was just, he was in such good shape, you know, so someone's looking at him. Yeah, he realistically 30, 40 years 
And so then getting active in what you want to do to keep the mind moving is just as a, a long-term mind play as my mom when she gets up every morning and she does her crossword and the different that she goes, Matt, this is keeping my mind fresh. <laughs> you know, so it's it's all of that. It is hard to believe, but it happens. You know, like, can you believe you're 30? No. Like, th- mm-hmm. from 20 to 30, how fast did that happen? Like, blink in your eyes. It went a lot faster than uh, zero to 20, that's for sure. Yeah, it only gets faster after that. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I'm a tad over 30. <laughs> I've already done the math. <laughs> you told us when you were 16. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I, I'll never forget. I can actually remember this very moment on my 10th birthday. I know this is going way back. But going to my 10th birthday, I remember looking in the mirror and thinking to myself, I was a very introspective 10-year-old, like, this took forever to get to 10. Uh, you're finally <laughs> you're finally double digits, man. You did it. And then I remember thinking like, gosh, when I'm double this, 20 just seemed so far away. Well, now at 30, I did the same thing this, this past summer when I turned 30. I looked in the mirror and I was like, wow double this it seems like it's right around the corner like i i feel like 30 to 60 is going to go really fast and you, you feel all this pressure that you didn't feel when it was going from 10 to 20 and it's just amazing how your perspective changes over time yeah absolutely it sure does fun conversation no doubt about it thanks for helping spark that with your question fred you're not alone a lot of people have that kind of question the physical answer for what the dollars are going to look like what the investments are going to look like it's going to kind of vary for everybody based on so many different factors, but hopefully that gives you some grasp of some of the philosophy that goes behind, you know, realizing what kind of plan it's going to take to make sure that you're in good shape for the next 30 years of your life. And the crazy thing about it, and then we'll move on to Tim's question, which is up next, is that it doesn't really matter how much money you've made throughout your lifetime because we all live on different budgets. We all have different means. It's still going to have sort of that same oh gosh, how do I make it through 30 years of retirement for all of us, no matter kind of where you are on that spectrum of, of income and, and budget, because we're all going to have to want to kind of probably keep living the same lifestyle in the future too. With regards to that, it's interesting you say that because it is a question that comes up common and it, it is something that every single person should be looking at. And it kind of takes me what you said, everyone lives off different incomes and stuff. One of the questions I always get, and I literally had it today, was you know, so how much money do I need? How much money? And he was talking beyond 30 years because his parents are still living in their late nineties. How much money? And and so it, it, it's always relative. There's, there are so many variables that go into that equation to come up with what's right for you, but definitely a, a question that I think really needs to be thought about and recognized and changing that paradigm and kind of your views on, some of you have heard me talk about, I had the one person in my office a couple years ago and she was actually taking care of her 91 year old mom. And the mom was just taking a baby aspirin. She's in phenomenal shape. And I made the comment. I said, well, looks to me like you've got longevity in your family. And she said, listen, I don't want to be over 90. If I get to 90, I'm going to take up smoking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but, oh, but the reality of that is it, it really is there, even though I think it's hard sometimes for us to grasp it. It's very true. Uh, good question, Fred. Thanks uh, again for that one. All right, we'll go to uh, one from Tim here because Tim has a good one as well. Tim's in Maryland. Says, how often do you, Matt, help people deal with a lump sum? We're probably going to go into a large amount of money soon. Doesn't say exactly how he's going to get there. 
and Tim says, we're not really sure what to do with it. So, yeah, how often do you come across that mat, and what do you see people doing with it? What do you usually advise people? Uh, I guess the different ways people get lump sums, most frequently it's probably, what, inheritance, and then you've got, I guess, your occasional lottery winner, and then maybe the sale of, like, a big property, that kind of thing. Yeah, haven't had a uh, haven't had a lottery winner walk in the door. <laughs> but <laughs> there aren't it, the, there aren't that many of them out there. Yeah, that's true. The lump sum is something you know we deal with literally on a quarterly basis because of the different things that you said. But then also when you factor in the idea of a pension lump sum opportunity, and usually that is a large chunk of money. But if we go just to the idea of the inheritance or if you're selling a property or properties is, first of all, it's, it's awesome that you're even thinking about that right now and not the idea of just blowing it. Because unfortunately, I've seen people that inherited money and it was gone in six months. Wow. But, you know, one of the things to sit down and think about is, OK, if I inherit this money, first of all, what type of money is it? So is it money that I'm going to be, for instance, am I inheriting an IRA that there's going to be taxation due on that? Or is it after tax investments? Is it real estate? What do I want to do with the real estate? Do I want to sell it and take the money? But then how you invest is really going to be, you know, what do you want that money to do for you? I've had a couple clients recently over the probably the last six, seven months that have kind of come into a good sum of money that kind of changes they're, they never thought they would be there. And so my question is, okay, well, what do you want this money not only to do for you, but to do for your heirs, for your legacy, for the charities that you might want to support, things like that. And then from there, you can design a plan that is going to accomplish what it is that you want to have happen. You just really want to understand. I've really seen some mistakes made when people didn't understand the consequence of cashing in an inherited IRA. That can be a pretty big mistake. So you just want to have an understanding what that money is going to look like to you in terms of is it going to be taxed? Is it not going to be taxed? You know, and then from there, what do you want? You know, what's the purpose of that money? What do you want it to do? Do you want to go on a trip around the world? You know, do you want to get rid of some debt? Do you want to buy a new car? Do you want to help the grandkids out? Maybe they're going to college or something like that. So first of all is answering the question, what do I want this money to do? You know, maybe I actually had one client last year. Now that I'm, we're talking this out, it happened right around now. This exact thing happened, and he cut. He was going to retire in five years. He just stopped it. I'm, I'm done working. I'm going to go enjoy it. So we put a plan together for that. Okay, this is the opportunities you're going to have, and he pulled the trigger. So definitely things that we deal with, and I'm, I'm just glad that you're really thinking about what's going to be the best way, what's a good way to be a steward of the money. Because whoever went and made that money that you're inheriting, I'm sure that they're they're wanting you to enjoy it, but they're also wanting and hoping that you make the right decisions with that money moving forward. It's a great point, and that is usually that next step of, all right, let's make sure that we're good stewards of this money, and then what's the proper way to, to handle it, to spend it, to save it, whatever you're going to do with it. Always helpful, though, I think, Matt, to look at it. Don't ever look, and this goes for any investment, 
as just that investment standing alone? How does it fit into the rest of the picture? You mention it. You always talk about the purpose of the dollars, but it should just be another piece of your overall puzzle. You don't just kind of make these decisions in a vacuum. You know, it can it can apply to the rest of your financial plan. It can accomplish other goals that maybe you haven't even thought of before. And I I just think that's uh, cool of you to highlight that perspective because it's a big one. Absolutely. It really is. And you bring up a good point is how is it going to fit into what I've already been doing? How can it help it? How can it magnify it? Like the the client I was mentioning last year, he was like, you know, I want to sit down. If I can if I can be done with work, I want to be done with work. Mm-hmm. And and we were able to do it. You know, had some other things already in place. We put together probably about three or four years ago. And this just helped it. And he was able to, you know, walk in and See you later. <laughs> it was a good day for it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Great questions so far on the mailbag today. So Fred and Tim, thank you both for your questions on smartmoneyquestions.com. As always, if you would like to set up time to meet with Matt in his office in Westchester, PA, or in Newark, Delaware, or if you're somewhere else in the country and you'd uh, like to do a remote connection with Matt, just like we record the podcast here, you can do that as well. Set it up by calling 610-719-3003. Again, that's 610-719-3003. Or find him online at smartmoneyquestions.com. That's where you can ask your money questions and as well uh, as read a blog, listen to past podcasts, all sorts of great resources there as well. Smartmoneyquestions.com. On the next podcast, it's kind of another mailbag edition, except we're going to just take one question. It's going to come to us from Carrie, and we're talking taxes, the White House. We're going to get Matt's opinion on some of this. going to be a really interesting conversation. We're going to really dive into that coming up on the next one. So get ready for Carrie's question next time around here on Smart Money Questions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again soon. 